just like to start by reading a poem. This is a poem by an old Native American elder story rendered into modern English by David Wagner from the book The Heart Aroused, Poetry and the Preservation of the Soul in Corporate America by David White, 1996. The poem is entitled Lost. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here, and you must treat it as a powerful stranger. But ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes. Listen. It answers. I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to Raven. No two branches are the same to Wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. You must let it find you. And just to complement that, just a couple of lines from a famous piece of writing by the uh, Japanese Zen teacher Dogen called, from this writing called Actualizing the Fundamental Point. To carry the self forward and illuminate myriad things is delusion. That myriad things come forth and illuminate the self is awakening. So, when I read this poem, it reminded me of um, that um, piece by Dogen. And, um, and the title of the poem, Lost. Um, reminded me of um, many stories of spiritual <coughs> journeying and awakening are, are kind of of the form of uh, there and back again, like a journey, some kind of quest, and then returning back to where one started and realizing that's for the first time that you've always been home that we've never been lost. I remember once reading in high school a play by Henrik Ibsen, which 
I haven't read it since. It was originally a radio play called Pierre Gint. You might have heard the music. Um, which takes that form of Pierre Gint and travels and wanders throughout the world trying to find himself and ends up back where he started realising it was there all the time. <laughs> um, some of us only realise this on our deathbed. But still, that's better than, than, than not. <laughs> it sort of comes in glimpses. Um, we touch on it and then we forget it. We, we lose it again. Um, so sometimes it's a kind of um, the idea of circumambulating around the self, this idea of the spiral where we, we touch on that place called home and then we lose it again and wander off. And really we could see that as a metaphor of, of <coughs> samsara and nirvana in the sense that uh, Maybe for most of the day we're caught in the samsara and all the various mental states of, uh, you know, wherever we get caught, whatever our own unique sort of pattern is. And, uh, and then most of the day might go bad, but, but, but there might be a few moments within that day that we actually touch on finding our way back home again. What this poem points to, and what Dogen points to, uh, in his more sort of abstract language, I guess, is that sense of when we're practicing Zazen, and initially when we start practicing Zazen, we do bring to it kind of um, seeking or questing or effort to get somewhere. It's almost inevitable, really. Hard not to do that, um, um, but inevitably, just the actual if, if we if we persevere, um, the process of zazen will always frustrate us in that attempt to get somewhere. It'll always, as a very in fact, when we sit in zazen, we're actually sitting uh, with the teacher, you know, within ourselves that little Buddha within, and uh, it will constantly teach us um, how, to, how to find our way back home again, really. Um, and because um, the actual physical, just staying in the, in the posture and stillness and silence, and then dropping the anchor um, we are tempting to go you know the surface of the, the sea and dropping the anchor with a sense of um, allowing our awareness to sink uh, below where we're normally caught in our thoughts and feelings and all our self-centered preoccupations and um, eventually we try and get you know, hit the bottom as best we can and when we hit the bottom it's a sense of ah, we can just rest there and settle there 
That's that sense of oneness that where the healing takes place, where we're no longer divided within ourselves. And that's that sense of coming home. Or the other metaphor, like the, uh, the sense of we're the, we're the iceberg in the ocean, and usually we're just preoccupied with a little tip above the sea, it's our self-centered preoccupations, and then there's a, a bit below the sea which we normally unaware of but that so gradually anxieties then become like dropping below the tip of the iceberg and then dropping into the more unconscious parts and we're just applying that slow burner of awareness that just gently starts to melt the iceberg and, uh, and eventually we might get those moments where we're just join with the sea again. So if we're all just icebergs sitting here together, and we're all sitting in the sea of awareness, or what Buddhism often refers to as mind, um, big mind, universal mind, and then we, we can all sometimes touch on that one mind, that we're all the source of all, all our little minds. And I believe that that's one of the lovely things about sitting together is that we can share that. That really is a deep sense of bonding when we're touching on that, which is that non-dual mind, which is really the jewel that Buddhism talks about. But if we, if we make an effort to get there, we, we will inevitably become frustrated and uh, we'll always miss the mark um, because we have to let go of self-striving. Uh, uh, the the ego-centered self can never take us there. It's not like climbing a mountain. Um, it's more like letting go of, the, uh, of what we're clinging to the little wrath that we think is a wrath, the, the ego-centered self, but it's really not. Letting go of that and allowing ourselves to just sink back into the ocean. And Dogen's words are often summarized as the, uh, the backward step in, um, uh, rather than trying to step forward like trying to shine a light on things and then grab them and understand them it's actually letting go of all of that taking a backward step and just allowing ourselves just allowing natural mind to awaken us sometimes referred to as unborn mind which is, if it's the sounds, it's just the sounds of the rain, the sounds of the birds, if it's the visuals, it's, the, it's this beautiful, lovely visuals all around us here in the promised land, the trees and the bushes. And um, the more we allow ourselves to take that backward step and go into the darkness, then One morning, 
You might hear the cockerel crow and it becomes just apparent. The suchness of this is just right here, always here. Our home. We've never been apart from it. Nothing to fear. Nothing to nothing to pursue. No gain or loss. All perfectly complete in just that moment. There's an old um, joke or story that you've probably heard. I think it originates in Manchester, um, <coughs> where I originally originate from myself <laughs> many, many years ago. That story about where there's a, probably there's a, a man, he's probably just um, come out from the pub and uh, he's uh, looking under the lamplight and trying to find something and the other guy, another man walks up and says, what are you looking for? So I'm looking for my keys. And the guy says, where did you lose them? And the guy says, oh, over there. <laughs> Pointing to where the darkness is. <laughs> and, uh, and it's the sense, that sense in which we sometimes, you know, we think we can, if we, if we take the lamp light in this regard as being, you know, the, our thinking mind, and how we try and figure things out, and, um, and uh, really, it's uh, it's in the darkness where we're going to find our. It's it's not through our thinking mind, and um, it's plunging into the darkness. Uh, the darkness is often representative or symbolic in Zen of oneness, uh, and uh, and the light is often representative of differentiation. That in Zen there's a oneness is differentiation, differentiation is oneness, everything is one, but everything is also uniquely itself. Um, but the first part of the journey is, is, is to start to get that taste of the oneness and then the next part is, is how do we bring that oneness into everyday life, which is more challenging. So the oneness is non-duality, the differentiation is the world of relativity, the world that we all live in, uh, the world of us and them, me and you, um, pride and anger, and, um, and uh, to be able to be in that world and express oneness is is our, is our biggest challenge and it's, it's really hard to do that without a practice like this, without Zazen on an everyday basis and uh, so I encourage you to extend your sitting periods at times to beyond the 20 minutes just to sink deeper and you, 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 will, you will have that sense of um, the heart starting to open, the softening process, and um, a sense of equanimity, tranquility, a sense of just being totally at home. And then you get up off the cushion and go to work, 
and we've lost it. <laughs> A bit tangled back into into the world of us and them and relativity and <coughs> upset and uh, the, the sort of remnants of that experience are the, the it sort of enters into a procedural memory a little bit, the practice of Zazen done repeatedly day by day. So you'll, you'll just naturally find yourself, the breath will sort of take you back. And, um, and you'll, 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 you'll notice the greater ability to observe, observe what's going on within our own minds. And then when we can do that, maybe we're less uh, reactive when other people turn on us un unfairly, <laughs> when they're in a bad mood. And um, we can see that you know, they're just caught in something. They've certainly lost, like we are lost when we're caught in the self-centered mind. And um, we can see these times as opportunities, as Thich Nhat Hanh would call the little bells of awakening to bring us back, just at this moment, just here, and just the rain. So I'll just read this poem again to finish off. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here, and you must treat it as a powerful stranger. Must ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes. Listen. It answers, I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again, saying here. No two trees are the same to raven. No two branches are the same to rain. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. You must let it find you.